This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3077 for Tuesday the 19th of May 2020. Today's show is entitled Video Conference Push to Talk and is part of the series Hobby Electronics. It is hosted by Dan Nixon and is about 8 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Building the Push to Talk button missing from many video conference tools. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello HPR, Dan here again. Uh, Today I want to talk about a quick project I did last week. So, for a bit of background, with the world in the current state, I'm now working from home and find myself on a considerable amount of uh, conference calls. And one of the biggest issues I have with this is uh, poor audio quality. This often manifests itself as echo, ambient noise, noise from laptop fans if people are using the integrated uh, microphones, or other general unwanted sounds. And often this can make it a bit difficult to focus on the person who's actually speaking, or in particularly bad cases, it can make it near impossible to actually hear them in the first place. So one solution to this would be adopting the push-to-talk scheme, whereby a participant is required to push and hold a button to enable transmission of their audio. Unfortunately, none of the video conference systems I use on a day-to-day basis implement this feature. My solution to this was a physical push-to-talk button, that operates on the audio input rather than at the level of the specific video conferencing software. Controlling the audio inputs was simple. I used Pulse Audio on all of my machines and found that there was a simple Python library, Pulse CTL, that provides simple access to its functionality. For those not familiar, Pulse Audio is a sound server commonly found installed by default on Linux distros. It sits between applications that use audio, in this case the video conferencing software, and the low-level audio drivers. Using Pulse CTL, I'm able to query the status and toggle the mute state of a given source, source being the, uh, the name given to devices that provide audio into Pulse Audio. For the physical aspect, I had a rummage through my uh, spare parts bin and found some spare cherry keyboard switches. Uh, they, I believe these were from one of the sample sets you can buy, where uh, they have uh, one of every different, key, uh, different switch type, and you can use this to inform your decision when you're buying a, a mechanical keyboard. Uh, so I found, yeah, I found a spare key from one of those. Um, I'm not actually sure what type of switch it is. Um, the switch itself is black, so I don't know whether MX black is a type. Um, yeah, these are just the uh, spare ones. Though. So I wanted an indicator outside of just looking at my status bar or software mixer. And for this, I chose a NeoPixel or a, <coughs> excuse me, a NeoPixel or a WS2812 if you want the actual part number. And this is an addressable RGB LED. Um, they're quite common in the sort of, uh, I guess, the maker community. They're a very easy, uh, very cheap RGB LED, and they're very easy to drive with. Uh, so there's a lot of Arduino libraries out there for, um, for driving these. 
And of course with this I would need some sort of uh, development board to drive these, uh, to drive the LED and to read the states of the button. Um, so I use the Teensy 3.2 for this. Uh, this is definitely overkill. This is quite a powerful 32-bit uh, ARM board. Um, you could get away with something like an Arduino. Um, it's just what I had. Um, the advantage of the Teensy is that it's a very small PCB um, and it has a USB port. It has a micro USB port on the board. So once I decided on these parts, I wrote some simple firmware for the Teensy and an accompanying Python script that gave me the behavior I wanted. The Teensy I programmed, uh, so I programmed it using the Arduino framework with the platform I.O. Uh, I guess tool, yeah, tool chain's probably the best, best term. I a build system, platform I.O. build system. Um, so this is quite a nice, uh, quite a neat way of writing code for all of the various um, development boards and IoT devices and so on that we have nowadays. Uh, it's a bit of a tangent to this, but um, I encourage you to go and check it out if you're interested in Arduinos or ESP8266, uh, any of that various uh, development for any of those various platforms. So yes, back to the point. Um, in the normal state, uh, the source is muted and the NeoPixel glows uh, dim green. When the button is pushed, the source is unmuted and the NeoPixel glows bright red. Once released again, the source returns to being muted and the NeoPixel glow, uh, glows dim green once again. So the communication between the TNC and the Python script is done with uh, a simple sending and receiving simple serial messages. Um, on the Python side, this is done with the PySerial library. So when the button is pushed or released, a message is sent from the TNC to the PC. The message is either the single character um, uppercase U for unmute or M for mute. Um, it's not the best protocol. It was quick and it does the job. So when the PC receives one of these messages, it either mutes or unmutes the source, depending on which uh, message it received. The Python script is also listening in the background for any changes to Pulse Audio sources. When one is detected, it'll query the state of the uh, microphone source and sends a message to the Teensy in the same format as the Teensy sends to the uh, PC. When the Teensy receives this message, it updates the NeoPixel to match the mute state of the source. The reason why there's this uh, two-way communication is that the uh, the NeoPixel will then also keep up to date with any changes I make to the source outside of pressing the button. So, say if I unmute the uh, if I unmute the source in Pulse Audio, it will also reflect on the button. So, once the software and electronics were done, I designed a 3D printed case. I'll put some photos of this in the show notes, but I'll make an effort to try and describe it as good a, as well as possible. So the case, once assembled, it's a small rectangular case. It's a bit smaller than palm size. One side of it has the cherry switch. The other side of it has the NeoPixel just, just slightly sticking up from the um, from the surface. There's a blob of hot glue on top of the NeoPixel as well, just to, well, A, to add a bit more strength and hold it in place, and B, it acts as a diffuser, because um, the NeoPixel can be quite glaring at high intensity, and this makes it a bit easier on the eyes. Um, the case is printed in two halves. It's uh, screwed together uh, with one screw in each corner. And on the side that has the NeoPixel on, there's the USB port um, accessible on the side. I'm quite happy with the final project, although I'm a bit annoyed at myself that I didn't make an effort to clean, or clean A, the 3D printer bed, and B, the parts once they came off the printer. So there's some marks on the top and the bottom of the case from filament that was left on the bed from a previous job. Um, and there's a bit of uh, leftover Pritt stick on there as well, which I tend to use as my uh, my means of ensuring bed adhesion. Um, but yeah, 
it does require you to clean the parts a bit more after you finished. And I was in a, I think I was in a bit of a rush to finish this because it was, uh, I kind of had this idea in the afternoon and I wanted to get it done in the evening, ready for my uh, conference calls the following day. Uh, nonetheless, I, um, I find this a very useful tool. I do like the fact that it will just work with whatever conferencing software I'm using. It's not tied to a specific platform. Of course, one disadvantage of this is that because the software itself doesn't know anything about um, whether the source is muted or unmuted, the, um, the indicator in the software to say whether I'm muted or unmuted obviously doesn't work, so anybody else can't tell that I'm muted. But I've been using it for a few days now, and this hasn't really been an issue. Um, yeah, so I think that's all I really have to say on the, uh, on the project. So I'll add a link to the software, card files, and so on as well as any relevant libraries or other software I may have mentioned in the show notes. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.